The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Lessons coming your way. We've got the professor, Nate Jacobson. I'm Ben Wittenstein. Appreciate everyone giving us some downloads and listens as uh, we start the NFL college football season. I know we're excited. Hopefully, everyone else uh, is excited as well. And you can follow us on Twitter at Stadium Bets. We'll post we'll post highlights. We'll post videos. We'll post our picks. So we're very excited about that. You can follow us along all season long. That is. The number one place to get our picks also, Nate, as we write our college football articles, you're going to have your NFL articles, and you can find that at WatchStadium.com. So we've got we've got all bases covered here. Yeah, looking forward to getting into the swing of things now that we are three days a week. Football really starts fully, I guess, next week, but we have a full college slate this upcoming weekend, so kind of getting a taste of things. And I'm sure by October we're going to be pretty uh, exhausted. It's going to be so much football going on and that's usually when i start to hit a wall but uh excited (laughs) (laughs) excited to uh to get into football because in september you're very motivated to talk about things and uh make some bets yeah finally september 1st so we finally turn the calendar it's starting to feel like football season again Weather not getting cooler, but I'm sure that'll happen uh, in the next couple weeks. But let's just get into our uh, Wednesday stuff that we got. We've got updates on line moves. We're going to have some previews of the big games on Saturday, some scheduling situations. So we got all that, Nate. Um, so let's just give a quick update on some line moves because there was some news, uh, at least on the NFL side, this week. Uh, and we'll start with Cam Newton because that was the big news yesterday, Cam Newton yesterday morning. Cut by the Patriots. Mac Jones looks like he's going to be the starter week one. So, of course, how does that affect the line? And you look at the line for that Miami-New England game. Um, going to be the Alabama Bowl, Tua versus Mac week one. Yeah. So excited about that. Uh, but, Nate, there was uh, there was a little bit of line movement. Yeah, we, we were looking at Tuesday morning, Patriots minus three, and there was still a question of whether it would be Cam or whether it would be Mac. I think there was a lot of assumption that, Cam Newton was still the favorite, and then he kind of surprisingly, at least in my opinion, uh, got released. And we saw a little bit of a slow reaction in the market, but eventually it got down from Patriots minus three to Patriots minus two and a half, minus 115 on the Patriots. So about a 0.4 maybe line move, uh, 0.4, maybe not the full half point because it's not two and a half flat, but We'll see if that line gets to two and a half flat. I could see that as a potential uh, thing that's going to happen because a lot of bettors don't really like betting on NFL rookie quarterbacks, especially in a situation where Mac Jones wasn't one of the top elite quarterbacks picked one or two or three. 
He was drafted 15 by the Patriots. So I think there's a lot of excitement from a fan standpoint, and maybe the fantasy players are going to like what Matt can do with some of the weapons on the Patriots offense compared to Cam, who had maybe some issues throwing the football. But from a, a betting perspective, it's a little bit of a downgrade on the Patriots. So uh, kind of changes my opinion maybe a little on the game where I was thinking the Patriots would be a, a good bet when we did the AFC East preview last week. Now it's probably a stay away from me where I want to see a little bit of Mac Jones in regular season action before, the, before putting my money on him. Yeah, we get to see Bill Belichick with a rookie quarterback, and that is obviously something a lot of betters and a lot of fans are not used to seeing. So I'm I'm kind of with you on that lean just to see how everything works out, to see how the offense runs, if it's smooth, if he has a bit of a learning curve. So, I mean, I told you, what was it, last week or a week or two ago, I was going to stay away from the Patriots, and that was when yeah. we assumed Cam Newton at least would probably start. So I yeah. think I'm going to change my opinion on that a little, but not enough to at least bet them week one. I'm with you there. Just kind of see where it goes with the offense and, and see what they look like and see what Mac Jones looks like starting on an NFL team week one. Uh, the other game that there was news about this week, Packers Saints, um, and because of Hurricane Ida, they will not be playing that game in New Orleans. Um, and because of that, obviously the line moved and we got, what was it? I think it was about a half a point to a point line movement for this game uh, because I think they just announced it today, too. The game's going to be played in Jacksonville. Yeah, that's where at least reports are. And we mentioned at the end on Monday's show, we were talking about the big line movements and how the Saints from minus three to Packers minus three has happened from when it opened in May. Uh, and then Hurricane Ida happens. And we mentioned Sean Payton said that the team would like unlikely be playing or be able to get to New Orleans to, to play any home games, at least the first quarter of the season. Now the reports are saying they're going to play in Jacksonville. Because of that, the Packers moved from minus three to minus four and a half. And if you had any action on this game when it was assumed that it would be played in New Orleans, so anything from the summer or maybe even in the last few days, you're likely not going to have any action on that bet. It's going to be refunded for most sports books if it's a change of location or a change of date. I know with COVID last year, we had a lot of change of dates um, in, in the season or at least a handful that kind of refunded your bet and you had to make a new bet if you wanted to bet that game. So make sure to read your house rules because uh, there's a good chance if you had any bet on that game, you'll be refunded. So even if you got the Packers at a really good number, probably going to end up getting that money back uh, for how much you risk. So just something to keep in mind. We'll have to see officially where the game moves. Maybe by the time you listen to this, we'll know and we'll have a, a new number. But I did see some sports books hanging Packers minus four and a half and what's going to be a neutral site game um, against the Saints in week one. Yeah, there were, I think, yeah, minus four, minus four and a half are a lot of the numbers that I'm seeing for that one. And again, I think this is one of those games where I, I probably don't pick a side, but I kind of like the total, kind of like the over in a situation like this. The, the Packers Saints games always seem, and even without Drew Brees, they, they seem like it's just kind of an offensive love fest where the teams are just chucking balls downfield it's airstrike after airstrike um and the total's at 50 now so i kind of like the over in this one but friday i guess i'll make i'll uh i'll make the full decision for that and, game and if it's going to be in jacksonville uh just make sure to, to keep in mind that it's going to be on natural grass outdoors mm -hmm. there could be weather there uh, i think maybe the total would actually drop in this case because it's not in a dome in new orleans on that fast track 
at uh, I think it's now the Caesars Superdome or something. I think they put a casino sponsor in, in front of that uh, in front of that building. So I, I could see that total actually going down. So I would uh, if you like the over, I'd wait as long as possible um, for that game, which will be played at least scheduled to be played in 11 days. Yes. Uh, so we can move on to another segment that we have, and that's our scheduling situations. We have different categories for this, and we may add or subtract throughout the year. But we have a hangover game, sandwich game, and a look-ahead game. Uh, we'll start with the hangover game. Nate, uh, if you want to explain to people what that is, if they don't know what a hangover game is. And we do have one of those games this week, surprisingly, after week zero. Yeah, so the hangover game is betting against a team off a huge win or off a, like a really tough loss. So sometimes the win can be a big upset. One of the ones where you're at home as a big underdog and the crowd runs on the field, tear down the goalpost, kind of like a program-defining win, and then you bet against that team the next week because they're feeling really good about themselves on campus. Everyone's patting them on the back saying, oh, good job on that win. You know, it's going to be like a good season, and maybe they now go on the road, and that's just kind of like – a psychologically a tough spot it also could be the game after a win against a rival or just a big game that they played really well and now they're overvalued in the betting market and then the loss maybe later in the season could be when you you lose a game to maybe dash your college playoff uh college football playoff hopes if that was a goal for the season maybe the team's realistic goal was to win the division or the conference and those uh, goal, those goals got dashed, then maybe you fade on the next week. So that's the hangover game. And there's one hangover game, which I was surprised to see. I thought well, I was just going to explain what the hangover game meant. Uh, but Illinois is playing UTSA. And Illinois just came off that week zero upset win where they were nearly a touchdown underdog against Nebraska. And now they have to play UTSA. That line has actually moved against Illinois I think part of the reason, though, is because quarterback Brandon Peters, who went down on Saturday against Nebraska, it doesn't sound optimistic he's going to play. Just reading some quotes from Brett Bielema, the new Illinois head coach. So maybe stay away from it now because we're not getting as good of a number where it was UTSA plus six or six and a half. Now it's down to five and a half as it looks like Brandon Peters won't play. But definitely I could see UTSA maybe maybe shocking Illinois and pulling off the up, outright upset, especially after how Illinois beat Nebraska. So Illinois in a hangover spot on this Saturday against UTSA. It would be very Illinois to lose a game like that after a year. It's not a program-defining win that they had week one, but it was one of those wins where you have the new head coach, you're, you're doing it at home, you want that win, you want the fans to keep that energy going to week one and week two. But it would be extremely Illinois to lose uh, in week two. So we'll have to see uh, what they do. I'm definitely going to not obviously physically camp at Illinois uh, in this state, but I will uh, probably stay away from it in general just because of that uh, hangover looking game, because I just do not, I think they look good against Nebraska. And I think that was just about Scott Frost and Nebraska just being terrible and uh, less about Illinois being strategically good, even with a backup quarterback in. So this is one of those hangover games where I'm absolutely staying away. Sandwich game. No sandwich game, obviously, week one. But what will the sandwich game be in the future? So sandwich game will be betting against a team in a game between that's scheduled between like two more important games on a team schedule. And I remember we were doing the Big 12 preview a couple weeks ago, and we looked at Iowa State's schedule because that was one of the teams we highlighted. And we noticed a sandwich game for them on October 30th at West Virginia, 
Halloween Eve in Morgantown. So that itself is a tough spot. But if you look at the schedule, it's the week after they host Oklahoma State on homecoming on October 23rd. And then the week after, they have a home game against Texas. So those are two of the bigger programs in the Big 12. So that West Virginia game, they definitely could overlook, especially if they beat Oklahoma State. So it could fall into the hangover territory if they come off with a big win against Oklahoma State and maybe continue a potential undefeated season in Ames as they have a lot of hype going into the year. And then with Texas on deck, that's kind of a game where I could see – Iowa State overlooking West Virginia. So since it falls between those two games, that's a potential sandwich game. So circle that on your Iowa State uh, schedule as a potential time to fade Matt Campbell's team. So that's going to be the sandwich game. Uh, maybe we'll see a sandwich game opportunity in week two of college football next week. Uh, though, But usually you kind of look towards conference games where a lot of games are against evenly matched teams and not big programs against some of the non-conference teams are just some of the lesser teams in the country. We'll have to have hopefully a couple hangover sandwich games in the uh, in the coming weeks. Those would be fun to watch and bet on. Yeah. Um, and finally, the other segment or uh, the other category that we're going to be looking at throughout the year is the look-ahead game. And that's a self-explanatory. We do have one this week. Yeah, and the look-ahead game, I think, can come to college. And I think there's going to be some examples in the NFL where there'll be potential teams looking ahead, especially if it's on a short week. Uh, so this could probably fall a lot of times in college. And we'll have some NFL examples, too, that we'll share on Wednesdays. But this is just basically betting against a team that might overlook a game if they have a bigger game on deck the next week. I didn't think there'd be any in week one, but I think I could make a case for one. And it was one we talked about on Monday with the attractive underdog segment that we kind of oh, just yeah. made up made up on the fly. And it's Arkansas against Rice. Uh, we t- said that Rice opened as a 24-and-a-half-point underdog, got bet down to 19-and-a-half. And Arkansas is in that potential look-ahead situation because in week two, they play Texas at home. And that's just a big game for Sam Pittman's program, second-year head coach, who only got to play SEC teams last year. So that's also a prime time game in Arkansas, you know, fans back in the st- fully back in the stand. So not saying a team is going to overlook a week one opponent because that would just kind of not, you know, not that's not a good thing if you're overlooking a game that you had so much time to prepare for. But if there was ever a look ahead in week one, maybe <laughs> Arkansas gets out to a big lead, but doesn't win by a big margin because they're thinking ahead of Texas and they want to make sure everyone's healthy for that big game against the Longhorns in week two. Well, the market's certainly thinking it's uh, at least a little bit of a look ahead type game. They've bet it, like you said, they bet it all the way down to, to 19 and a half uh, from 21, 22. So we'll see. I don't think a ton of people are betting on rice, Arkansas midweek. So we'll have to see where this lands Saturday morning and, and see if a lot of people start hitting rice with that line at 19 and a half. But I think that's a pretty good look-ahead game, as good as you can get for a look-ahead game uh, week one. All right, let's look at some Saturday games. Call Wednesday tailgate for now. TBD on uh, what we'll call it down the road. But we'll call Wednesday tailgate, set up tailgate a little bit early Wednesday afternoon. Um, We'll look at some of the big games on Saturday. We got Penn State, Wisconsin, Bama, Miami, Indiana, Iowa, Georgia, Clemson, LSU, UCLA are some of the games we wanted to highlight uh, for today's episode. Penn State at Wisconsin. Right now, Wisconsin, five and a half, minus five and a half. Total is at 50. 
the game is at Camp Randall in Madison for week one. And Nate, this is a really interesting game to me because these are two teams that last year's COVID issues and scheduling and just season in general were like the seasons from hell. And they had injury issues. And we know Penn State started out 0-5 for you know, the first time in an extremely long time for Penn State. And Wisconsin had trouble with COVID, and they were losing games they shouldn't have lost. So these are two teams that are coming into the season with, I mean, you could say a chip on their shoulder, but in situations that they really hadn't been in where they're coming off a very terrible season. So a game like this is tough for me to look at at how to bet. I'm looking more towards the total with it being a Big Ten game, like the under 50. I don't know if I could take a side. I don't know how you feel about it. But that's the way I'm approaching this game. It's two teams that really have a lot to prove to their fans and to themselves. So I just don't know if I could realistically take a side at this point. Yeah, I'll just say I'm tempted to bet Wisconsin. Probably will end up betting them small, maybe yeah. waiting until game day, seeing if that line comes back down. Because we were kind of previewing some games on Monday. I'm not sure if we specifically talked about this game, but it was Wisconsin minus four and a half on Monday. And then sometime on Monday afternoon, uh, enough money to get it up to Wisconsin minus five and a half and five is kind of a dead number. Like h- hardly any games fall on five. So I wouldn't say if it's too much of line move, if it got up to six, then that would be mean there's significant money on Wisconsin or at least enough money. So I don't think it's going to do that unless a lot of people want to fade Penn state, but I'm just high on Wisconsin this year. Uh, you mentioned that they had a lot of issues last year with COVID and it started with Graham Mertz who had a great uh, opening game, the quarterback of Wisconsin, and then then he got COVID and just they just couldn't figure it out offensively. I think that they're going to have a very strong year, led by Mertz, who was a high high recruit uh, high, out of high school out of the state of Kansas. Wisconsin's a team that I ended up betting over nine and a half wins. They have a great home field advantage. Not a huge fan of Penn State quarterback Sean Clifford. I know this is 11 a.m. local start, but I have to imagine it's going to be a raucous crowd as fans are back in the stands in Madison. So probably just a small bet for me on Wisconsin at the end of the day. Um, if it went back, if it was a game where it was line, how it was in the summer at three or three and a half, I would definitely have a bigger bet on Wisconsin. But now since it's moved a lot, probably just to get some action in, we'll be betting on the Badgers and definitely going to be rooting for them because of that season win total bet I have on Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. I'm very interested to see how these Big Ten teams, I think the Big Ten specifically, since they just had no fans all season long for their home games, how the home teams do against the spread. And if if those extra points are built in right now or if they're not built in enough for the first couple weeks. And I think that's something that we should keep our eye on, Nate, is just how these home teams in the Big Ten play compared to the spread because you know Wisconsin played all season long at home with no fans and so this is going to be the first game that these players have played in front of fans in over a year so we should see how that affects the spread I mean it might be something if you feel confident get that first half spread for Wisconsin first half money line um, if you think they come out with a bunch of energy because of the fans so I think that's something that is very important to keep an eye on on how these teams do in the first half and full game against the spread uh, when they're the home team second game this is a neutral site game, Alabama-Miami. Uh, Bama minus 18 and a half with a total at 61. And Alabama obviously is a very strong betting favorite for anyone in the past couple years, and I'm sure this year will be no exception for the Crimson Tide. But there is whispers, Nate. I've seen some people talk about Miami possibly being able to cover the, a game like this, especially on neutral site. 
Yeah, I think there's a chance that can cover. I mean, Alabama is replacing a starting quarterback. We mentioned Mac Jones in the beginning of the show, how he's going to be starting for the Patriots. Well, he was Alabama's quarterback last year, and their offense was absolutely Their whole offense? Yeah, I don't know. They're replacing a lot. And we mentioned in the SEC preview, they're replacing a lot in terms of players, but also offensive coaching. And you have – Now the offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, replacing Steve Sarkeesian, who's now at Texas. Uh, Alabama named Bryce Young as their starting quarterback, so excited to see what what he's all about because there's been a lot of talk about him. Uh, One note about maybe shying away from betting on Miami and against Alabama is excluding last year where that kind of the weird COVID year and the schedules were created on the fly, uh, Nick Saban excluding last year 12 and one against the spread in season openers um he's 13 and 0 straight up so <laughs> i mean it's crazy numbers I, I, I think the only time i think 2014 or 2015 they they didn't cover against west virginia and it was a good alabama team but not not the best of the alabama team how they're uh, recruiting right now and developing right now so I, I couldn't bet again on Miami. I want to see a little bit more of Derek King, who tore his ACL in the bowl game last year. Uh, he's uh, looks like he's good to go to start this game. The way I think I'm going to bet this game is going to be under 61, 61 and a half potentially. I could see the defenses of both teams like being it. ahead of the offenses, especially early in the year, early in the season. Last week in week zero, all five games involving F. Um, FBS teams went under the total. I could see kind of an under train this week. And just the way Alabama games go, maybe they get out to a big lead and then they run the ball, milk clock. And that's just kind of been the recipe of Alabama for for so many years. And I, I can't see this game being that high scoring, especially with all the new offensive parts on the Crimson Tide offense. Indiana, Iowa. As they go to Iowa, they go to Kinnick. IU is uh, one of those one of those picks that a lot of people like. Iowa right yeah. now minus three and a half. Total is forty five. Total is is fairly low for this game. Um, I I don't know. Nate, I, you know the fan in me for IU says you got to hammer the IU plus three and a half. Hammer hammer the Indiana money line if you're going to do that. But Iowa's a tough team, and and they're again they're one of those teams that just did not do well with COVID last season. And they still have a lot of question marks, of course, but they're they're simply a better team than they were last season. And they're a team that Indiana, a type of team that I don't think Indiana has had experience facing, um, especially with, you know, the luck that they got last year with a lot of the injuries and the COVID issues and their opponents. So the fan in me says Indiana money line, but I think the kind of smart better in me says take Iowa in the points. Yeah, I the line got as low as minus three, and that that was kind of like where I was like, oh, maybe it's time to bet Iowa because it's a yeah. game that's a it's a low total, so I really don't want to lay over three with the Hawkeyes. I'm just a little lower on Indiana this year. I think last year was kind of their magical season where they took advantage of a lot of a lot of scheduling spots and and maybe just. When it came down to COVID, just playing teams that not as good. I mean, that last year in their opener, they should have probably lost to Penn State. It was a very questionable call in that overtime. No, well. <laughs> when Michael <laughs> Penix reached across. Hey, I was happy. I had Indiana in the game, so I didn't mind yeah. it at all. 
I just did no, I, I, from a from a non biased opinion, I think his knee touched the ground before he the ball hit the pylon. If you don't know what we're talking about, just search Michael Panic's Penn State overtime on uh on Google or YouTube and you'll see what we we're talking about. Yeah, I, well, I think the other thing, too, is even without that, I, I think, especially Penn State, but I think it's one of those pictures of what the whole season was, is Penn State was missing a ton of guys on defense. Their yeah. offense wasn't fully healthy. They didn't have the offensive coordinator that they wanted. They have a new offensive coordinator this year. You know, it was a team in disarray, and Indiana took advantage of that. And the teams that they played, Michigan, a team that they beat, another team where they couldn't figure out who their starting quarterback was and their starting quarterbacks were playing poorly. They had COVID issues. They had injury issues. Wisconsin, they beat at Camp Randall, which no one would have expected that to happen, even with a decimated Wisconsin team. So they had very advantageous matchups in last season's games. So this season, I think they do get brought down to earth. Now, do they cover a three and a half spread? That's a little bit of a different story. But if this goes back down, if people look at Indiana and, and look at them as that sexy pick and it gets back down back to minus three for Iowa. I think that's a great spot to hit them. And my worry is Iowa last year, it looks good on paper, six and two, but they did lose their first two games of the season at Purdue and then home against Northwestern. Yeah. So I'm a little bit worried that they're going to be slow starters. Again, the game has a low total. So I expect a, a close game either way. So at the end of the day, I'll probably try to hope, on a minus three and bet Iowa uh, just because I think the Indiana win total movement from eight to seven and a half on the regular season win total was justified. And I think there's a chance to fade them in another way, but maybe it's better off later in the year to fade them in a different game. Maybe when they're hosting Cincinnati or maybe when they're playing some big 10 East opponents. So not sure what to do with this game tempted to bet Iowa, but they're a very good chance. I just stay away and, and, kind of try to learn about both teams, especially because Iowa plays Iowa State next week, and that's certainly a game we'll be talking about and previewing on this show. Don't be afraid to take week one as as the learning week. And yes. I know Sam Sam told us this, and it resonated a lot with me specifically because I'm the guy that wakes up Saturday, looks at the board, and goes, all right, let's rip ten bets and just see what happens. But I, I like Sam's advice where he's like, just take two, three, maybe four games and, and see what happens. You don't have to rip every bet. And especially on week one, observe the board, make some bets in your head, see if they win, and then see if you're on the right track. Uh, marquee matchup, Saturday night. Georgia Clemson that game is on a neutral field in Charlotte Clemson right now minus three and the total is 50 and Nate I'm going to tell you right now I am leaning towards Georgia plus three in this game Georgia plus three okay yeah so I would also lean that I remember we talked about the Georgia win total I believe you wrote in your article last week on the stadium uh, on watchstadium.com that the Georgia over 10 and a half was the way you were looking because even if they did lose this game, you'd like their chances to win their next 11 games in the regular season. But if they do win this game, you'll be looking very pretty with that over 11 and a half, uh, over 10 and a half, pardon me. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting to see two of the top five teams in the country. Look at the betting odds, and there's five teams clearly up there, and these are two of them. So excited to see this game. It was Clemson. Uh, minus four in the summer it's got that down a little bit which is probably why I'm going to stay away from the side if it was a field goal or more for Georgia I would definitely be taking that the total has gone down from 51 and a half I was looking yesterday to 50 I think both it's another example kind of like Miami Alabama where both defenses are ahead of the offense 
And just with this game being so important in terms of the college football playoff, even though it's so early, I just kind of expect a conservative start and neither team just like not want to make a mistake, not want to uh, have a costly turnover, not want to get dominated on the field position battle. So I could see a lot of conservative play, especially from a coach like Kirby Smart, defensive minded, who's very conservative. And then on the Clemson side, their defense wasn't as good last year. I could see them putting a lot of emphasis on the defense in this game. Uh, with their defensive coordinator, Venables, just kind of wanting a better performance than what they had last year. So I could see defense really dominating this game. Might be a little bit too late to bet it now that it's down to 50. There was definitely better numbers earlier. But maybe if there is an early touchdown or two going live uh, total under, um, if you can get a better number than what it is now. But my look in this game would be Georgia and the under um, if I was forced to play it. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to, at this game because it's definitely going to be the the highlight of Saturday night. Yeah, and again, I'm where these aren't our official plays. Those will be Friday as a little teaser for that. But honestly, I'm kind of also leaning just Georgia money line, um, and we'll see where that number is come Friday. But I do like Georgia in this game. I think JT Daniels is is going to be a good quarterback for them. He was four and zero in the time that he played last year for Georgia, and this just seems like uh, all the stars are aligning for the Bulldogs. This season, which obviously Nate means that they are going to get blown out by Clemson uh, week one. Uh, LSU, UCLA, final game we want to look at on Saturday for our Wednesday tailgate time. LSU minus three, total 65. And there are obviously a lot of storylines coming into this game with UCLA already having played a game. And LSU obviously moving around uh, the country because of Hurricane Ida and, and moving practice facilities and having to deal with everything that comes with dealing with a natural disaster like a hurricane. Um, so you have a, you, you have a, a best bet for this game, too. So yeah. I, I want to give you the chance to explain what, what you like about this game so much. Yeah, so you wanna you want to talk anything more about this game, or you just want to get right into the best bet segment uh, for my let's early best let's bet. get right into the best bets. Yeah, let's get the best bet segment because I, I think you can convince me to maybe tell you here. Yeah, so I, I like UCLA. I know on Monday shows, kind of like a let's stay away from this game. Who knows what's going to happen? But the more I think about it, LSU having to be practicing in Houston all week and just kind of like all the other things on their mind. I'm not sure if they're going to be fully focused on football. I can see when they are able to get to Baton Rouge, they kind of play inspired for the fan base there. But I can't see it this week. And just there's some concerns with LSU with the new coordinators they have. And I think it's a huge plus that UCLA has a game under their belt where they thoroughly dominated Hawaii and covered every number. And at the end of the game, kind of put their foot off the gas, kind of looking ahead to this week, it could have definitely been a, a bigger blowout for UCLA, who I think are going to have a lot of success running the ball against LSU here. Uh, just with the Chip Kelly offense, it's a it's a big game for UCLA. It's at a home. Just like a lot of things about this. Plus, LSU is starting probably their second best quarterback in Max Johnson because Miles Brennan got hurt about a month ago. So really like UCLA. It's at plus three now. I can see this game closing closer to a pick em, so I'll, that's why I wanted to give it out as an early best bet, UCLA plus three, and definitely put some money on the money line because I think UCLA is very live in this game. We will be keeping track of our best bet records, so you will be able to hold us accountable and uh, yeah. see how well we do throughout the season. So, you see, I, you know, I, I, 
I think you convinced me to take UCLA. I think all the signs point to UCLA, and I think the market just hasn't adjusted that much to LSU. And, and people look at LSU and say, well, they're out of the SEC team. They're coming off a bad season. They they had good stuff coming out of training camp, but UCLA has already played a game. They haven't had to deal with hurricane issues, and, and they've – they, they've looked solid, um, so I, I do like that plus three uh, for UCLA as well, Nate. So I think that's a good pick. Um, we will have all of our picks Friday as well, right? We'll have our picks Friday. That's going to be our every week Friday move. And we're going to have the article on WatchStadium.com come out for more in-depth college football picks. So we're excited about that. Um, but I think that'll do it, unless you have any more to add. Um, I think we're good for today. We will have our football, our college picks Maybe throw some NFL picks, some early picks if we're feeling good about that. Listener best bets we'll have throughout the year. You can tweet at us, um, at Stadium Bets. Um, and we'll tweet out people asking to give us uh, their picks uh, for the weekend. Um, and we'll have a weather report. we got to look at some weather throughout the year, uh, especially as it gets colder. We'll be looking at the weather for some of these games, the wind speeds, everything like that. So it'll be a fun Friday uh, every week throughout the year. Um, and, and this Friday will be no different, Nate. So I'm excited about that. But for now, good luck to everyone, um, especially for Thursday's games, and we'll be back here talking to you on Friday.